0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Raptors TOT cast brought to you by com. As always, I'm Chris Okranitz and I'm joined by DeMar Grant. On this week's podcast, we're going to go through everything with the Raptors that's happened since last Wednesday. That includes the Serge Ibaka rumors that have recently sprung, sprung up, Jerry Stackhouse being named as the Raptors 905 coach, DeLon Wright shoulder surgery, and, man, DeMar DeRozan absolutely destroying the rim with Team USA. DeMar, how are you doing today, man? Doing great, enjoying the enjoying the rumors even this deep into the off season. Pretty bizarre. It is a bit bizarre, you know. Let's jump right into that right now because I think it's a bit overblown. A lot of what people are getting this rumor out of is what Doug Smith wrote in his blog on Wednesday morning, which was, it wasn't necessarily that the Raptors are in hot pursuit of Ibaka. It was more that they would love to pursue Ibaka if he became available. All Smith said was, replying to a fan's question, "Rest assured, at this moment." and all know how things can change. I know a free agent, Serge Ibaka, is very much on their minds, and without knowing the total math or 2017 numbers, I imagine they have a scenario in their mind where it could work. So basically, all he said was that the Raptors would like to pursue Ibaka if he was to become available. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a rumor. <laughs> I think that's a known <laughs> fact after that the, the Raptors tried to acquire him at the draft. Your initial thoughts on this, Damar?
1: Yeah, it's just like, um, it's sort of like just commentaries. Why wouldn't the Raptors be pursuing Ibaka? They're not in hot pursuit. They're more like a lion stalking their prey at this point.
0: Yeah, like I feel like he's somebody that they've coveted. This is no secret. And Doug Smith simply just reiterated the fact that you know Masai Jerry has made it known that eventually, if he could, he'd like to pursue Ibaka. That's it.
1: Hey Man, it's it's officially August. We need something to talk about.
0: Oh, I totally yeah, I totally understand that part. <laughs>
1: Everybody needs something to talk about at this point. In the, this is like the serious, dark times of NBA, uh, NBA year. August, luckily we have the Team USA to talk about, but if it weren't for that and it weren't for this, I don't think we are talking about anything.
0: <laughs> well, since we're talking about like a clickbait rumor, let's actually hypothetically say Ibaka does become available after next season. And let's say, because obviously a lot of that will depend on how well he plays this year, Let's say he plays well with Orlando. What's he worth? If you're the Raptors, what are you gonna offer him? I'm looking at. Uh,
1: remember the cap is going up. Don't forget that. No, it's it's totally understand our...
0: that part. So if you want to like walk it, we can we can walk this through like totally all the way through where we could say, based on what their cap space is, they can offer him this.
1: I mean, they're gonna to have to lose Patrick Patterson. Right? Unabashedly. Like, there's no way to retain him or gain anything for him. You just have to lose him. And then trade Terrence Ross into the abyss to open this, just to open the space. That's just to,
0: like, open the space, like, for Abaka. But I feel like they can actually if you, if, I'm sure if I dug into this enough and actually sat down and, like, crunched the numbers for a little while here, they could make it work where they could keep Patterson and sign Bionbo, or not Bionbo, jeez, Abaca, sorry. I feel like they're going to go into the tax, obviously, but they can make it work.
1: Is worth the tax?
0: I don't think he's worth the tax. And what kills me is that Ibaka, his whole time in Oklahoma City here recently, is he said how he's upset with his role in the offense. You know, He doesn't feel like he was a, a promising part of what Oklahoma City was doing. Obviously, he was overshadowed by Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, but you get the vibe of everything he's saying and how confident he is in his game. He kind of feels like he's a max player in his eyes, which all the respect and his confidence, but... I don't think Ibaka is a max player at the moment. He would need to have a monster season with to Orlando to even justify asking for that. Am I crazy to think power- that?
1: No, man. He's a power forward that like shoots shoots the three and he dunks it. Great rim protector, but like for anybody to really get the max, you need to have some sort of ball handling ability. I
0: mean, in my books at least, which I agree with. And another reason why I think that he's not a max player is when you look at the free agents next year. There's going to be a lot of teams bidding for those players. Like you could potentially have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. LeBron James. Those are the guys that we all know are probably going to go back to where they are because they're on they're, they're just franchise guys. They hardly ever move unless your name is Dwayne Wade of course and you're aging. Or Kevin Durant. Or Kevin Durant. Yeah that's the anomalies. <laughs> or LeBron James of the Heat but I digress off of that. Other names one name in particular is Blake Griffin another is Gordon Hayward. Those are two players that I feel like are more worthy of a Max and an Abaka and teams are going to pursue them first and Abaka is kind of going to be this consolation prize. He's not that bad of a consolation prize, to be honest. I don't think I so. Just, but is he a max player, though? Like,
1: the, I think his self-perception is just really high, especially when leaving the Thunder. This is probably going to be like a year where he's like going to really decidedly prove himself to the world, showing how good he thinks he really is.
0: All the power to him for that.
1: Hey Amen. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for that. If he actually turns into this max player that you know, creates off the dribble and has like fadeaway jump shots and all that good stuff, what he thinks he probably is. Yeah, he's definitely worth the max at this point in his career, which looks like he's kind of on the decline, oddly.
0: Yeah, oddly enough, when especially when you look at his metrics, man, when you look at a lot of his metrics, it's just like this is a player that is about to hit regression, and that's not a good thing. I think if he can up his three-ball percentage, especially, considering how much he likes to relegate himself to a jump shooter, that's pivotal to what him being signed for next year is going to happen, you know? Like, he, he needs to improve his jump shot more.
1: Yeah, but that you know, improving that jump shot just means that he's more of an afterthought in the offense, you know?
0: Or maybe it's like, better selection. Like, a lot of times, some of the shots he's taking is like, surge. why?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, like, the jump shot is, like, basically... Him being more of a jump shooter allows him to, like, be further away from the basket. So he becomes, you know, less central to the team's plan. Everybody else is doing things. He's kind of like the escape
0: valve for them. His ability to be a stretch four though, is also arguably his biggest asset.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> I just think his just, shot
0: selection is poor a lot of times.
1: Yeah, you know, it's hard to have really good shot selection when you play for the Thunder just because there's not enough space on the floor. You have Roberson and Steven Adams taking up space. Is like, you really have you really have all the daylight that Golden State has? I don't really think so.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Especially like when they would use him pick and pop situations. That wasn't necessarily his game either. You'd like to see it eventually become his game. But this Oklahoma City ran a totally different offense that wasn't really suitable to what Ibaka does.
1: The Magic this year aren't necessarily going to be any better. Like I,
0: yeah. <laughs> Kim and Vucevic, like th- Aaron Gordon is kind of what just a really good athlete at this point. He's got yeah. to develop more of his game. I mean, he's not a great shooter by any means. So,
1: and then you have, um, I was going to say Cameron Payne. Sorry, it was uh, Alfred Payton is going to be the point guard. So he's not he's a, a good no shooter, shooter either. <laughs> I have no shooting on the team. I have no shooting on the team, so I'm wondering what he's going to end up doing.
0: Abaka, he's going to shoot the rock. More than before.
1: Hopefully, yeah. But I don't see him doing much action in the paint just because there's not going to be enough space. see See what I'm talking about? Like, he doesn't seem like... He doesn't realize that his benefit as a player is being outside of the paint other than on defense, but that's not worth max money.
0: Yeah, and with the Raptors, though... Like ideally if they stay with the same offense, he fits that. Like what he does fits what they do. And Yeah, just chill out
1: chill outside and everybody else will do stuff. So. the escape
0: valve. Yeah, just knock down Jays, man. That's that's what he has to do for them. Defensively he'd be a huge addition too. I mean he could release some pressure from J V. Yeah, that's true. Like he'd be another another rim defender. Uh I think his lateral motion's a bit underrated, like he's more athletic than people give him credit for at times.
1: Yeah, so you can switch on defense, which is
0: you know vital. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's vital in today's NBA.
0: Like if you if you can't switch on defense, you're you're pretty much staple to the bench in meaningful games. You can get by in the regular season, but come playoff time and any meaningful game, if you can't switch, you're kind of useless.
1: Like the Luis Cola effect
0: bench. <laughs> I mean, it's not fair because Luis was a heck of a player during his actual prime. He was a guy that could switch. He could do all this stuff. He was a really underrated player. But as he got older, he just started to get more and more brick feet, you know? He was a statue out there. Yeah,
1: that's kind of unfortunate. I just, I don't know, man. Just Serge Ibaka sounds like a great idea, shiny object. But if he's good next year, he's probably going to be too expensive for the Raptors to afford. And he probably won't want to go to the Raptors. And if he's bad next year, is like, do the Raptors really need him when they have Patrick Patterson? I don't know.
0: It's an interesting argument. Because the only way the Raptors would get him too is if they moved a player. And I feel like with what they have on their salary cap, moving Terrence Ross is the key to them making any move. And I hate to keep bringing up that dead horse of, you know, trade Terrence Ross, trade Terrence Ross. It's the antidote to every Raptors fan's problem in terms of trying to acquire somebody. But it is. Like, if, if they don't move him, the other option would obviously be to let Lowry walk. There's some cap space. Or to let Patterson walk, because those are two of their bigger freedoms next year. I don't think the team wants to do either of that. I think they'd like to keep at least one of them. I don't think they're letting go of Lowry. I don't think so either. Kind of
1: rescued uh, Toronto from the dark ages. Well,
0: then <laughs> you got to pay him, which in turn is going to affect your ability to sign other players. Well, yeah, he is 30
1: now, so... And, the, you know, who knows how many years he's going to want.
0: Yeah, I mean... How much money he's going to want. In a nutshell, Ibaka... The only way, like, I, I get this whole rumor is exciting for fans, and like like you said earlier, in August. But let's keep in context here that it is August, and there's a long ways to go until then. And I think that's really what Doug was saying as well, is that a lot can change, like you said that. So let's tone it down a bit.
1: <laughs> keep, keep your eyes on the prize. We're talking about next, next offseason, this offseason.
0: Yeah, for a guy that might not even be that impactful. Yeah,
1: you know... Right. Hopefully, 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 uh, Terrence Ross can pick it up, so we won't even have to worry about this anymore.
0: I agree. Or even then they could up his value and then move him for something even better. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm a, you know, I don't like Serge Ibaka. I think he's a good player. I just don't think he's a great transcending type player. Like, I think he's somebody who can help you win, but he's not worth the max. And that's, like, my biggest fear with him and everything that we saw transpire in Oklahoma City is that he believes he's a max player. He's not, in my eyes, especially with a, a team like the Raptors. Like,
1: no, especially not with the
0: Raptors. Well, would a core of Derozan, Abaka, and an aging Lowry and Valanciunas be enough to compete in the East? I think mean, it could get to like the conference finals, but never the finals. You gotta
1: figure out the monolith that is LeBron James.
0: Yeah, and Abaka doesn't help you do that. Ibaka, yeah, he doesn't help you do that. So, you,
1: you know, know, I, I like him. him. You like him. It's August. <laughs> It's August, you know? I <laughs> think it's August.
0: <laughs> Let's get into some real news then. Jerry Stackhouse just being announced as the Raptors 5 head coach. This past season he was one of the assistant coaches on Dwayne Casey's bench for the Raptors. He helped coach, he was one of the main coaches for the Raptors Summer League team in Vegas a couple weeks ago. Um, this is a pretty big move for Stackhouse in my opinion. The 18-year vet comes with an awesome pedigree. He is pretty much the trash talk king on the sidelines, I'll give him that. And he works really well with young players, so I think this is a really, really good move for him to join the 905 and be their head coach. What do you think about it?
1: Yeah, he was playing pretty, like, he was coaching really well in the Summer League. So I'm pretty, it feels like that was almost like a tryout period for him. That's the Summer League. Summer League's for everybody. Summer League's for the referees, the players, the coaches. It all depends, it all uh, hinges on whether or not you can make it into the league or not. Looks like he's making it to the D-League. Uh, there isn't really any spot for him in the NBA right now, plus he hasn't had that much experience. So, it's a step up, huge step up for him.
0: Well, I think if he wanted to be a head coach in the NBA one day, I think this is the best move for him. If he wanted to just stay an assistant, he could have just stayed on, you know, Casey's staff and kept learning, right? But if he wants to take that next step forward, then I think going down the D-League and learning to, how to be a head coach was something he had to do.
1: So his, like, his ability to motivate players, you know, when he was a in the locker room is gonna translate very well to the D league because people want to play for somebody like that, somebody that's that's why everybody wants to play or wanted to play for Mark Jackson. You know, like people
0: love his raw raw
1: type of uh coaching, Jerry Sackhouse, people love the trash talk. They'll get people they'll get the the blood going, you know.
0: See that also for can Mark- wear thin though, right? That can wear thin in a hurry. Like you look at Mark Jackson and what happened with the Warriors. That didn't go so well. You wanna you wanna go to another sport? You can look at Jim Harbaugh with the forty ers That team had nothing but success for years under his tutelage. And it was just the problem with it was that he kept banging the same message over and over and trying to relate to these players to so like Sun Tzu quotes and you know, football's war and you gotta get out there and then these are professional athletes, eventually that stuff is gonna wear thin with them, whereas that's more of like a college mentality. And I think Stackhouse, I'm not saying he's the same as those guys. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over with the young kids, it'll work because you're getting new players all the time. But with professionals, I don't think that'll work in the long term. I think that's some things that he's going to figure out in the D league here, where he's going to figure out what kind of motivational tools and, you know, working with players like what techniques and whatnot is going to is going to work for him and translate to the next level.
1: In, at least in the D league, you'll have like a mixture of like those young players and older players. So if you notice it not working on the older players, you'll be able to make a transition. You know, in your coaching so
0: I agree. And I think one of the things that is going to help him too is uh, a lot of players who work with the Raptors this year, they said the thing Stackhouse taught them offensively was just invaluable. Like, they learned so much. So if that's what he's helping with professional guys, imagine what he can do with the younger guys like, let's say, um, a Delon Wright, Fred Van Fleet, obviously Jakob who we actually saw Stackhouse put in the post and feed him in the post during Summer League. That's not very Raptors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish... uh, This is one reason why I wish he was still an assistant for the Raptors. Like, he'd be in uh, Dwayne Casey's ear. He's like, hey man, pass the ball to Jonas in the post.
0: Yeah, let him go to work.
1: (laughs) But yeah, he should be able to help uh, Jared uh, Utoff and uh, DeLon Wright in the D-League. If DeLon Wright ever recovers from a shoulder injury.
0: Well, yeah, he's he's somebody that uh, just got off surgery. So he's out 4 months after recovering from a torn labrum now.
1: <sighs> 4 months is so much time. It's December especially, and I especially especially in the summer because you don't get any time to uh to train with the team and you don't get any like personal time to just like train by yourself. That's where most people improve. Yeah, like he's going to miss so. training
0: camp which is huge because it's just it's a lot of a lot of reps and for him to sit there and just take mental reps, that can only go so far, especially for a guy that needs to play more, right? Like he's a good player, he needs to get on the court and he needs to start start playing. Yeah, he's 24,
1: so yeah. there's only so much you can learn from the sidelines.
0: So I feel like this might be another developmental year for him.
1: Yeah, I'm, every year is supposed to be a developmental year, but this year it seems like it's almost a... It's not a step forward or a step back, it's just like a step sideways.
0: Yeah, like this was supposed to be the step forward year, though. This was supposed to be the year where he kind of comes in, doesn't necessarily take over the second point guard role. He's obviously going to be the third point guard behind Lowry and Joseph, but it was a chance for him to play some real minutes.
1: Yeah. Hopefully he can uh, get some in December, but by the time in December, you know they solidify the rotation unless somebody gets injured.
0: Which man, would you like he's definitely going to require a stim with the 905. I don't even know how ready he'd be by then.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it would be like a January type of thing, so and then he's going to be bouncing between 905 and the Raptors, so he might now that I'm thinking about it he might not even really touch the floor very often. In the playoffs, you know, he's going to get uh, carved out of the rotation just because he tightened the rotation in the, in the postseason. So, another year. Are we just, are, are, we, are we seriously thinking about like a loss year for DeLon right here?
0: I think this might be. And like, I hate to say that, but I'm just looking at the way everything's shaping up. I feel like this year might be another year to like what he had last year. Minimal playing time, lots of development. Most of the bulk of what he's going to do is going to come with the 905. Which I think for the Raptors is disappointing because they were hoping this guy would be able to step up and actually carve out a spot in the rotation.
1: Yeah, him and Corey Joseph are the same age, right? And uh, being at twenty four, luckily he was uh he was an older player when he got drafted, so they still have two more years after this year yep. and their team options. So
0: and Talon Wright's a good defender. That's the thing. I, that's why I was hoping he would actually you know be healthy and get in the rotation because he can actually defend point guards pretty well. He's got the long arms, great frame.
1: Yeah, Dwayne Casey would love him. I just need, you know, DeLon needs to shoot the ball better, but the defense is what, you know, allows you to stick on the floor.
0: Yeah, that's Coach Casey through and through. Another thing with the Raptors 905 is they made the signing of Gerard Utah official. We talked about him on the last podcast. He is a a 3 and D player, but neither of us really see the D in him. We just see threes and probably a couple of years of the 905. Fair.
1: <laughs> this is very fair. You know, hopefully you can get some defensive training. You know, one of my uh, gripes with the 905 is it doesn't seem like it de- develops defense. You know, everybody in the in the D League is trying to like prove themselves to like their scouts or their coach or whatever, so that they seem like they can play in the NBA. Kind of hard to do that with defense.
0: Yeah, I feel like the D League is a different game altogether. Uh, teams try to instill their systems in it, like obviously the Raptors, their offense that they play with the Raptors is also with the 905. It's not the same, but I feel like you're just really trying to get guys acclimated with the system and just create organizational continuity. And the way the, the D-League plays sometimes is you kind of see it just turn into this free free reign running gun game.
1: Like, right, so I don't know, if, like how... I hate to come down on the D-League, but, like, how's that supposed to be conducive to my development for players?
0: Guys are playing. I mean, what they're going to tell you, I mean, what anybody would tell you, in my opinion, is that it's up to the organization to instill that, right? Like, it's their job to develop the players, not the D-League. Okay.
1: Okay, I can believe it. I just want to see it happening. This is going to, this is going to like, start to become a problem with the Rafters where, you know, they keep getting these, like, draft picks. And they're players that are, you know, pretty good players, but you never get to play them because, uh, you know, we're contending for a playoff spot, and it feels like the team is trying to go all in. So you by having, like, you know, Jakub Cuerdo, who you should probably play, but, like, DeLon Wright, you know, Bruno, Aguera, and now uh, Utah. Like, these are guys that seem like if they were on the 76ers, they would be playing, or even if they were on the Lakers, they would be playing. But since they're on the Raptors, and the Raptors are, like, Actually playing very well, they're not really getting enough time to actually develop on the floor. Because the best place to develop as a player is like in the NBA.
0: Here's the thing, what I thinking? do. But here's the thing with the Lakers and the Sixers, they're albatrosses. They're terrible. Like I feel like I could pick some random guys and they could get burned. They get playing time. Yeah,
1: but if okay, like if you're on the you know, on the Jazz, you know. Don't think DeLon Wright's going to get time to play on the
0: Jets. Oh, for sure he would. I think a hundred percent he would because their point guard situation is also a mess. But I just I get what you're saying with the Raptors, and I feel like that's where Stackhouse going to the D League is even more important. Is that he's going to help these guys develop into NBA players? That's at least the hope, right? But I just feel like with the Raptors too, if they're going to keep this rotation eight nine guys roughly, there isn't really room for a lot of rookies. They got to be exceptionally good.
1: Okay, then they got to develop replacements because uh, Lowry and Carroll are starting to get old. You know, which are in their thirty. They're going to be north of thirty, starting like basically the end of next year. So, which
0: are they not trying to do through the through the D League right now with DeLon Wright, possibly Van Fleet, and then if you want to go on the wing there, I hate to go there, but Bruno Caboclo. Yo, Bruno. Yeah, I know. I think you knew I was going down that road, but obviously young Bruno is an option, and then Gerard Utoff. Like, there's players. Yeah. There's players. They still got to play on the floor, man. I agree, and there's only one way you can find out. You got to play him.
1: Yeah, so hopefully hopefully they get some playing time. Unfortunately, DeLon Wright does not look like he'll be getting playing time. At least
0: not till the new year. Oh, man. I like him, dude. That's like the word that's played. Same. I really like why? him. I have high expectations for him.
1: That's why I hate that he's out for so long. But, you know, you can't you can only do so much with one shoulder.
0: One last little note on the coaching situation, though, especially with Stackhouse going to the 905. That's an opening on the Raptors' bench now. Um, I think they're going to try and sign somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know who, but mm-hmm. I feel like Dwayne Casey's going to have somebody <laughs> in the coming weeks. I know. I don't know who yet. <laughs> I'd have to go back and I look don't... at the coaching tree and try and find somebody who's available. A lot of times what coaches will do is go back through their coaching trees of whoever they've coached with over the years and get somebody based off things like familiarity, similar philosophies, just things that are easy that can create a congruent match. You know, like That's something I could see Dwayne Casey doing. A lot of these guys come from his past.
1: What I would love
0: to see him do
1: is something like uh, Steve Kerr, where he's just like, I just need a young mind that I can just have here on the bench and bring me out of the box ideas. I don't know how, if Dwayne Casey, you know, Dwayne Casey seems like an old school dude, so it doesn't look like he's gonna do that. But I think that would be the best idea, especially for this Raptors team, it has like a mix of young and old talent,
0: and then like a mix of styles. See, it's funny because they, a lot of people thought that uh, their player development coach, Jama Malele, he was gonna be the guy that would step up and kind of get this role with uh, the Raptors. But according to Raptors Republics, Blake Murphy. He's not that interested in the idea of going to coach the Raptors, and the Raptors are more interested in keeping him in a player development role. Found that kind that's of shame. interesting. Yeah, that's a shame,
1: dude. You know, some people like tend to like their their roles really well. You know, he probably has like some sort of routine. Doesn't really want to change
0: it up. I can
1: understand it, but help the team.
0: <laughs> you know what though? Maybe he is best suited helping the team in a way of developing players. Maybe he's not like the greatest in terms of you know game management and other situations that are uh, you're asked to do more of as an NBA assistant coach. I think he yeah. might just enjoy helping young guys develop, and, man, all the power to you for that. That's a very, very important piece of an NBA organization. All right,
1: so Raptors have an open spot. It's going to be interesting to see who they grab because they haven't really made any sort of indication.
0: But yeah, I think we'll, hear, we'll start to hear some stuff in the next, I want to say a week or so. We'll start to hear some rumors trickle out there. I'm, I'm curious as to who it'll be. But I feel like we're definitely going to hear something about it. I would say by, you know, the third week of August, we'll, they'll have somebody in that position.
1: Like the middle of the Olympics, we're going to get this weird. <laughs> yeah, or like even like post Olympics. Okay, we'll, we'll get
0: something out of there. Speaking of the Olympics, it's Marjorie Rosen, Kyle Lowry, obviously playing for Team USA. Um, I don't even feel like you have to be living under a rock to not have seen what Marjorie Rosen's been doing, even if you don't like basketball.
1: So you know, if you've been living under a rock, the rock should have exploded after the dunks that he's been throwing down.
0: For sure. And even if you like mindlessly scour the internet for like ideas or you're on Twitter or you know Instagram, you've definitely seen the videos by accident. This dude has been just destroying the rim.
1: Oh, yeah, dude, it's gorgeous, especially the 360. You know, even though he missed it, it seems like it's been generating as as much buzz as like if he actually hit it.
0: Yeah, I think the what-if buzz has been greater than the he-did-it buzz, (laughs) which is crazy. I love it because
1: um, it looks like he's putting on a show, you know, trying to uh, put his stamp on the USA
0: team. What's funny for me, too, is that, at least something I noticed, is a lot of his dunks are coming near the end of the game. And these games are blowouts. They're well out of hand. And a lot of times, players will just dribble the clock out. DeMar is just hammering these things down as the clock's (laughs) expiring. It's fun to watch.
1: Uh, uh, Coach K even told them to like tone down the showboating, you know. And it's that I feel like those dunks are gonna be part of the showboating that he's talking about toning down because showboating. You're doing, yeah, man. Three sixty dunks over your, your Chinese contemporaries doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really do well for relations.
0: Yeah, oh, God, you know it's not man. That's not really showboating. You don't see him like going around. He's just, he's just <laughs> dunking on dudes like. They
1: were up by, like, 50 points, and he's just like, you know what would be amazing if I just 360 slammed it on this.
0: Well, he said he had no idea what he was thinking.
1: Oh, I don't know if you okay. saw that.
0: He uh, he talked about it today on Wednesday at U.S. Camp, and he said, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I just did it. Mm-hmm. So I found that pretty interesting, that he's yeah. playing and he's not thinking. Right. You know, that's actually the best way to to play. It's like uh,
1: the game being an extension of self. Easiest to play that way.
0: And if it results in 360s on top of guys' heads, then I'm all for it.
1: (laughs) Me too. I I can't wait until the Olympics to actually see what he pulls out of the bag.
0: I'm curious. Well, they played China in their first game, so.
1: Oh, man. It's going to be like a battle for the first five minutes, and then the U.S. is probably going to crush them.
0: I'll take the under on the five minutes, by the way. Under on on the five minutes? Really? That seems brutal. No disrespect to them, but the U.S. is in a different class. There is no way the US should lose this tournament. Hey man, they say that every year and then there was a couple years, man. There were a couple Olympics. That was like eight years ago. Well, that was longer than that now. What, eight years ago? Yeah. Twelve years the, ago? I'm trying to think. They're just they're so good. much more improved now. And Spain, Argentina, teams like that have gotten worse in my opinion. Yeah, they've aged. So it's pretty
1: much the US versus the field. I think you could uh pretty easily take the U.S. against the field, which is amazing.
0: I'd take that, but you probably get good odds, too. Yeah,
1: because you thought you could do that with the Warriors this year, and you would have lost. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: No, it's true. Anything
1: is possible. So don't. So when you see this Team USA, DeMar DeRozan throwing it down, just remember, you can lose at any time, which would be amazing to watch. It'd kind of be amazing to watch them lose, just because Team USA is so used to winning be like, you know, the whole narrative surrounding them would be a pretty pretty spectacle to watch.
0: I just like I wanted to
1: see it for the drama, basically.
0: I just don't see it happening, to be honest. I don't see them losing.
1: Okay. Remember the Warriors. And it just happened. It's not even like I'm talking about like the two thousand seven Patriots. You know, the Warriors thing just happened. Amazing team. I mean this USC team is not even the best team that would be able to field.
0: It's not the best team, but it's still significantly better than anybody else in this tournament. Like the Warriors, they were better than everybody better than everybody in the NBA. But you can make a case for some teams to give them a competitive game. You would be really hard pressed to make a case, a strong case of how a team could give the US a run for their money.
1: I'm just trying to I'm trying to uh, be out here for the people that want to take the field. You know, they need an advocate somewhere. Devil's advocate, maybe.
0: <laughs> well, I'll take their money. <laughs> we well,
1: had yeah, DeMar Rosen, man. I, even there was an alley oop that uh, Kyle Lowry had tapped back. You know, they were running out of bounds. That I, I feel like he was gonna go like between the legs with it, where Jimmy Butler had
0: stolen the dunk. Tell um, me you saw that. I did, I did. I've I've actually like had no interest in watching the U.S. games prior to the first game, and then when I realized all oh, this like the dunks and all that, I'm like, you know what? Gotta watch him. I'll watch him. That's like the
1: the main. See, that's the thing for Demar right now. It's like he's the main draw for the USA team.
0: Yeah, and actually like for them. me, it's mostly watching what Demar is gonna do next. I've tuned into the yeah. games for that reason.
1: It's like we're Raptors fans, but you know the entire the entire country is talking about him, and there's nobody really doing anything else interesting on that team. No, like you get you get to watch Kevin Durant, you know, pal around with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green.
0: Yeah, that's cute. They're oh. getting all cuddly and stuff. Even the Snapchats are from Demar Derozan's account. Man, the whole like watching those guys yuck it up. I can see why people are gonna hate the Warriors this year. They're good. Oh man, they're gonna despise.
1: They're gonna despise the Warriors, but the Warriors are gonna have the best like Cool Kids Club of all time.
0: Cool Kids Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I can see where this is gonna go with that fan. Ah, uh, <laughs> the animosity is gonna be something fierce.
1: You know, for the Heat. When uh, LeBron had joined that team, they were wearing red and black. So it's easy to hate on a team that's wearing red and black because people typically associate that with the enemy, yep. the danger. Warriors wearing blue and gold, man. Are you going to hate on the
0: blue and gold. It's not going to matter. Oh, the hate is going to be real. It's going to be off the charts. <laughs> uh, anything else can to say, like close off with with the Olympics there or no?
1: Say, can I say one more time? I can't wait until the regular season.
0: Yeah, wait until it starts. Okay, if you if you're gonna say that, then then you know what? I'm giving a shout out to my boy JaVel McGee for getting the contract to join Golden State at camp.
1: <laughs> Javale, <laughs> oh go, what if, go, if he get turns into man. A, <laughs> What if he
0: turns into an actual good player? It's possible if he stops Shaqton a fool. I mean, this is a two-time Shaqton a fool champion.
1: <laughs>
0: like if Javel can get it together, you know, that actually would
1: turn into like a behemoth, like an
0: actually unstoppable team. Yeah, he dominated a Drew Drew League game last week. Uh, I know I'm reaching a lot now, but I just want to see yeah. JaVale McGee get out there and ball out with his team. I want to see Durant. I want to see Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and JaVel McGee. And JaVale McGee. Just say that aloud. I just, I just want to see that, dude. That started that, – this has to be a starting five. I just want to see them on the court together. That's it. And I just want to see these guys laugh when they throw, like, no-look passes to JaVale McGee, and it goes, like, right through his hands in the first row. And he's just like, man –
1: i shagged in the full champion to
0: you. And he's stupid athletic. Like, JaVale McGee is one of the best athletic big men we've seen in a while.
1: Yeah, so if he can just, like,
0: you know, the Warriors are
1: typically a smart team, right? If he can just, like, glean some information off of these guys, I, that's what I'm saying, that he could be, like, an unstoppable team. Yeah. You know, because his basketball IQ is, let's be honest, the basketball IQ, basketball IQ isn't very high. It's primitive. Right? But all well, you, yeah, all you have to do is like catch alley oops, dunk the ball, and block, block shots. You don't really need to be a uh, high intellect and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I totally understand, especially on a team like the Warriors. Yeah, they're going get time to screen and go to the net. Doesn't have <laughs> to do anything. Screen and dive all day, just screen and dive. I think he can get that. Yeah. Rebound. You no. Know, hit the outlet
1: man. Directly Thompson. And Draymond Green could have a lot of practice on Team
0: USA throwing those lobs to DeAndre. <laughs> that is actually true. That is yeah. true. I, a... I think with us talking about JaVale McGee, it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> I'm probably one of yeah. the few players, well, few people out there who really enjoys watching JaVale McGee play because I think it's hilarious and it's also awesome at times when he puts it all together. But I know him a very, very small percentage. <laughs> I'm a very, very, very <laughs> small percentage. Some people are probably uh, like,
1: how the hell is
0: this guy I like JaVel McGee? Yeah. Oh, man.
1: People know who he is, though. He's infamous. Not famous. Infamous.
0: Yeah, he's a two-time Shaq of the Fool champion. you got to know who this guy is, man. I think Shaq did as much as the stock for him as he did making those stupid plays.
1: Oh, it's gonna be a great season for him. <laughs> and DeMar DeRozan, man. If you could just replicate what he's doing right
0: now. Ooh, I I've been drinking the DeMar DeRozan Kool-Aid a little bit this off season. I'll be the first to admit that. I think he's gonna have a really, really good season coming up. I won't spoil it now, but when we get closer to the season, expect me to uh, you know, try and sell you a little bit on him.
1: Alright, you be on that side of the fence and I'm gonna be on this side of the fence. You could buy actually you know what, you can buy all your, your houses and stock on DeMar DeRozan Island. I'm just gonna stay over here on the shore.
0: We're not an island. We're we're actually like a metropolis. Just so you know.
1: Oh oh oh. Okay. Okay.
0: We're uh, the yeah, third richest contract in NBA history, so we can buy a lot of things now. <laughs> just an FYI. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh okay, man.
0: <laughs> on that note, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this week's podcast. As always, I'm Chris O'Kranitz. You can follow me on Twitter at Chriso You can follow Demar Grant on Twitter at Demar J Grant. If you like what you're hearing, you want to follow the show, and you want to follow the website, you can follow us on Twitter, at Tip of the Tower. You can also like our Facebook page, at Tip of the Tower. Please subscribe to the show as well. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, also at Tip of the Tower. Anything social media, anything website, anything you want to find us, Tip of the Tower is what you got to type in to find it, and it will pop up right away. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the Olympics. Take care. Your